You're listening to Fresh Ideas for Teaching. Hi, everyone. This is Walter. The Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast is presented by Savas Learning Company. Welcome to part three of our AP Spanish series. I'm here with my colleague, Adam Belthaus, World Languages Marketing Manager at Savas Learning. Adam, who do we have as our special guest today? Thank you, Walter. I'm glad to welcome back Jose Diaz to discuss coaching students to succeed on the AP Spanish language exam. Jose, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Adam. It really is a pleasure to be with you again. I have been enjoying doing this this uh, podcast, and uh, I hope that what I have to share with the teachers will help them in their courses. Yes, we hope so, too. Um, I think it's been great so far. Uh, in this portion of the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, speaking and presenting. This is the conclusion of the AP Spanish language exam is the speaking section. Now, during conversations like these, we typically get immediate feedback from a partner during personal, online, or phone conversations. In this venue, how can teachers best prepare students for what seems like an unnatural conversational task? Oh, I agree with you 100%. It's a very artificial way to test the students, but I guess this is the only way that they have. Uh, if, if, if you notice, we have the email, which is formal. We have the persuasive essay, which is some kind of a formal task also. This is the only part of the exam in which the students are using the familiar form, are using the familiar register throughout. So the most important thing is each of these tasks, the students will get an introduction that will tell them what the situation is all about. So that will help them tremendously to start thinking about what they are going to be um, dealing with in this particular uh, exchange. Um, the other thing that they have in front of them is an outline of the conversation. So even though it's a little bit, uh, it's, it's not very specific, but the student can start writing down keywords on the sides. They can also uh, write down some of the um, or connecting uh, expressions that they can use to go from one uh, from one part of the conversation to the other one. And um, what the students need to do and what we need to teach the students is that they have to place themselves in the situation. Uh, this is not, no one is going to check if what they say in this conversation is factual or not. So they must use their imagination, put themselves in the situation, and just, just know that they're going to be evaluated, not what they say, but how they say it. Okay, it's, it's their ability to speak in the language. Um, the, sometimes the students uh, do not think, or they think that they do not understand the question or the exchange. I always tell the students to always say something because there's a 50-50% chance that what they're going to say within the context of that particular conversation, that is going to help them a lot. And, and sometimes psychologically, they think that, that oh my God, I'm going to fail. I, I, I don't understand what this guy said before. But if they say something, it, it will most likely will fit within the context of the conversation. Um, Again, they need to know how they're going to get evaluated, so they must receive those scoring guidelines and give them samples, because if you go to the College Board website, you will find samples from the last uh, exams, the last few years of exams, and they have uh, student samples with an explanation of the, the score that they have received. Um, what I used to do with my students is that I develop a list of questions within the six themes of the AP exam, uh, you know, cuando vas a la escuela, cuál es tu asignatura favorita y por qué. So I used to have all these type of questions uh, handy. So if I had five, 10 minutes left at the end of the class, I will give it to the students to ask each other 
to put the students on the spot and give them 20 seconds because that's all they have, 20 seconds to respond to the students. So that that helped a lot. That's that's a great tip. I feel like that so sort of everyday practice can can go a long way, right? Absolutely. Um, now, in addition to the performance of the conversation um, and the exchange for the exam, um, are there sort of everyday cultural comparisons that students make and can draw on as they're preparing for the exam? Yeah, and I think specifically yeah. for the for the conversational exchange. Absolutely sure. Uh, let me separate uh, both of them. You have the interpersonal uh, communication, which is the exchange, the the fake conversation that we have, and then you have the cultural comparison. And in the cultural comparison, the mistakes that we make is that we do not ask the students to reflect on their own culture. Uh, I mean, a lot of these students have never thought about the impact that immigrants have had in their community. Um, they have never thought about, you know, the importance of art in their community. So anytime a cultural topic comes in within the classroom, make sure that the students reflect on their own, because that will help them tremendously to start making the comparison before, between their own community and a community of the Spanish-speaking world. I feel like that's something that can be incorporated into any subject area, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that the that the AP Development Committee has done is that um, they have allowed the students to define their own community. In other words, if a student comes from uh, Poland, for example, or Russia or Spain or another Spain, obviously, but Portugal, that they can use that as the community that they're going to compare as long as they compare it with the Spanish speaking world. Um, and the community can be defined by the students. It could be their church, it could be their uh, club, it could be um, you know some kind of community group that they belong to. So they define their own community. That's wonderful, and it makes it a more of a personal expression. Absolutely. Now, this is a lot to put together in an exam, and I'm curious, you know, what students commonly worry about in preparation for the exam, and you know, as we sort of think about right, finishing up this podcast, how can teachers help students develop that positive mindset about the exam and about their, their performance? I'm a true believer of those scoring guidelines. You know, I have been mentioning them throughout the, the, the three podcasts, and it is extremely important for the students to know what, what is expected of them. That's number one. Number two, the other major problem that the students have is time. And we have to make sure that we give the students enough practice during the year so that they know that they have 40 minutes to deal with five passages in the reading comprehension, the, in the interpretive communication part of the exam. Uh, the problem that the students have is that they, they, and I should have mentioned this when we're talking about reading, that the students concentrate in what they do not know. So they waste a lot of time when they come they come through a vocabulary word or an expression or a sentence that they have they do not understand at all and they spend a lot of time dealing with that instead of moving on so um, together with the scoring guidelines together with with making sure that they know the format of the exam the time that they have to allow themselves uh, to have to to complete each of the tasks that's key for them to 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 be successful in the exam and um and, and, and also not to waste time uh, in, in, in questions that they do not understand or they have no idea what, what the answer is. Just to keep going, 
keep answering, and then you have the opportunity, if they have time allows, to go back to the test, to, to go back to the passage and, and answer those questions that they had difficulties answering. The good thing about the AP exam, which is different than any other exam that the college board administers, is that the students do not lose any points for incorrect answers. So when it comes to that, that they have answered all the questions that are easy to them and then they go back, then they can just guess because they have a 50-50% chance that they will get the correct answers. So um, again, I, I, I repeat, the most important thing that you can do for your students is to make them familiar with the exam, the format, the time, and the scoring guidelines. That's wonderful. I think that this has been a really insightful conversation for me. And we really appreciate you joining us for this podcast series. I think that uh, students and teachers are really going to get some great tips from this. So thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for joining us again, Jose. You're very welcome. I really I look forward to the feedback that we get from the teachers. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Wonderful. Back to you, Walter. That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to Jose Diaz for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast. Until next time. This Moving Learning Forward series is presented by Savas Learning Company, a next-generation learning company providing award-winning solutions for grades pre-K through 12. Visit savas.com today to request pre-K through 12 curriculum samples for your school or district. And you can keep the conversation going by following us on social media at Savas Learning with hashtag Moving Learning Forward.